yeah, I was going to just do a review of the of the two weeks that we did in the fall because we all know we don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> um, but what we did talk about first was the the dignity of humans as images of God um, made for one another, not solely as marriage partners, but as partners in life and carrying out the purpose that God intended for human beings. Um, we tend to in in North American Christianity and other places, not just here, but we tend to focus on um, the marriage part. Adam and Eve were created to get married and populate the world. End of the happy story, nuclear family. That's not really how it goes. <laughs> um, the original mandate was so much more than that. It it was be my images, stand side by side, stand face to face, and teach your descendants how to have healthy relationships with me, with others, with each other. Um, teach them to be offered dignity, teach them to have purposeful work, um, and to take care of my creation. And that was the original mandate to human beings. It wasn't just have a happy family, you know. <laughs> um, it's a nice byproduct, but it wasn't it, and we tend to make it it. Um, and we talked about a couple main points in that in Genesis one through three, that all humans are created as sacred images of God and are made equal representatives to steward all of God's creation. That's what you see in the first two chapters of Genesis. Very clearly, if you parse out what it means, what those words mean when God says human and woman and whatever. Um, woman is a strong, suitable, equal helper to man. Both are required for a healthy creation. Like the words that God uses, you are equal standing side to side, face to face, and you are both necessary. Um, we need everyone and no one is to be devalued for any reason. And there can be and should be <laughs> healthy relationships of respect that are based on shared goals, not sexuality. And we tend to have done that in our culture. We base all of our relationships on that. And it's not, it's not what we were made for. Um, it's part of who we are. It's not all of who we are. Um, so the concept of degrading either men or women or anyone who identifies as neither is opposite of God's intention. It's not the way he created people. Um, it's not the way we were meant to relate. And I think we can say that regardless of gender, regardless of sexuality, this is true. Respect for anyone created in God's image is a mandate. And that's everyone. I don't know anyone who's not included in that, <laughs> in that humans are made in God's image concept. Um, we're all there. So uh, then we talked about how we know what's true. Um, and that matters <coughs> because we have strong feelings about some of these topics and we need to be able to point to our reasons and our choices without our passions driving the bus. Um, passions are good and talking about our experiences is good and our emotions is good, but we have to be able to step back from that, from our personal experience and from our, our strong emotions and opinions and look at the whole picture to be able to get what's true. Um, because 
we talked about, let's see, the way we find out what's true, scripture. I don't have to define that, I don't think. Tradition, what has the church said over the centuries and what have significant minority positions been? Reason, what do our common sense and our powers of deduction say make sense? And experience, our own experience in life as well as that of others, believers, particularly older, well-experienced believers. And we talked about that a little bit. Um, and yeah, there's a caveat there saying older believers are not necessarily right all the time. I think we all know that. We've all seen it in the last <laughs> number of years. Um, but they tend to be more discerning and have more wisdom because they have more life experience. And so that's the point there. It's not, oh, they're always right. It's they've got a lot more experience, so they've got a lot more wisdom stored up of what has happened as we were talking about before. They've made a lot more mistakes, so they know a lot more ways to fix them. Um, and I love this criteria that, that Margaret Farley in the book I was reading put up. She said, the Bible is intended to set us free, give us abundant life, and renew, restore our created humanity. It offers openness, not fear. If we're getting another vibe, it might not be from God. If we're getting an interpretation that imprisons, not just makes us uncomfortable, because that's part of the deal. The Bible's going to make us uncomfortable. Um, that just because it it smacks us where we know we should be doing better <laughs> um, sometimes. But if we're getting an interpretation that imprisons, and that's different, um, or takes away humanity, maybe it's not from God. Maybe that's not the way we should be looking at scripture. Maybe we need to look at some of those other things and ask some other people and look at tradition and look at our experience and our reason and say, okay, how does this all work together? Because these four things just feed into each other constantly. Like there's not just one or another. We we have a belief, we have a conviction, and we ask wise people about it. Hey, how do you what do you think about this? Do you think this is true? We read wise words about it, scripture, books, whatever. Um, we check our own souls and our own heart and our own experience. And we just keep repeating that cycle whenever we come across something and say, I think I believe this is true. Um, because we need experience and reason and wisdom and scripture all together. None of them alone is going to tell us what's true. Because one of them can lead us into a weird, you know, <laughs> if you read something that someone has interpreted scripture in a weird way that's not true, and you say, okay, this is the only thing that I'm going to use to find out what's true, then you're going to be led somewhere you shouldn't go. If you use just your experience and say, hey, I know this is real because this is what I've experienced, well, this other person has experienced something else. Um, which one of you is telling the truth? We have to come together and we have to use all of our reason and our, does, does this make sense? You're, you're looking puzzled, so I wanna know. <laughs> just thinking hard. Um, yeah, we tend to, 
and in our culture, we tend to rely on, you know, we've been Disneyfied, follow your heart. And, and it's not always right. It's, and we need other people in other words. Um, but sometimes it is right. And sometimes um, we need to inform other people of our experience because there are a lot of other people running around the world going, well, that doesn't happen to me, so it's not real. Well, that's not true. <laughs> and we talked about 1 Peter 4, 8 as being kind of the guiding principle. Above all, show sincere love to each other because love brings about the forgiveness of many sins. So that's kind of the overriding concept of the whole thing. When you don't agree, when you have different experiences, when you have different interpretations, hey, show sincere love to each other because that brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Because we all have to live in community. <laughs> and we're not always going to agree. And that's not a bad thing. I read, I, I've heard many times the idea idea that if you never have any any conflict in your marriage that means one of you is redundant <laughs> if you never have any conflict in the community that means you've all been coerced into believing the same thing i don't know <laughs> um, so it's good to have conflict in your community as long as you handle it with love because we need to all help each other toward the truth um, so next week, I was going to do it this week, but next week we're going to move on to marriage and singleness and divorce and cover it all in one day. Um, but what do we no do? Lunch. Yeah, yeah, no, we can do this. <laughs> we will solve all the world's relationship problems next Sunday. And that's what we'll do. So, yeah. Questions, thoughts? As long as there's enough left for the neighbor's kids, because I promised them. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, the rest is between her head. That's good.